What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, today we are going to be breaking down the UFC on ESPN 43 Vera versus Sandhagen card, right? Obviously, the bout or the card headlined by Cheeto Vera and Corey Sandhagen, two of the UFC's top bantamweights. And that's like the fucking, I think that's the best division in the UFC right now. And probably the best, of, I mean, yeah, if it's, you know, you get some over in one, like there are some divisions in one in Embellator, right? Where you have a really deep division over there that's really talented, but you, I think it goes without saying that generally, if some, if a division is super deep in the UFC, it's probably the super, it's probably the deepest division in all of MMA, right? So I think bantamweight is the deepest division in all of MMA, right? Not just the UFC, but uh, yeah, Vera versus Sandhagen is a crazy matchup, and I, I think a really good fight between two, you know, kind of uh different styles too so that'll be it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out today uh speaking of this fight card being today i'm going to try to keep this kind of brief move through these fights quickly so that this is digestible because i'm obviously getting out late the day of the fight right um anyway let's start things off with albert Dariev and chidi Injukani. i hope i'm pronouncing his last name correctly i think that's right Injukani, one of the two um anyway i think that when you look at this matchup right you've got Dariev who I, he, he's, he's good on the feet, right? But I just think that Chidi is going to have a clear advantage there, especially if he can start establishing the jab and getting things going from a distance. I just think Chidi's a lot faster. I think he's going to have a lot more power. And I think that he has a really good understanding of how to hold the range, right? And his fight against Gregory Rodriguez, he fucking dominated throughout the first round. And this is another thing. Chidi's very effective in the clinch, right? I just think it was a matter of he, he burnt, he, he like, he ran too hot too fast in the first round and he burned himself out, you know? And then Gregory was able to take over and pick up the win in the second and get, get him out of there. So for Chidi, and this is going to, we'll talk about this again in the main event, but I really think an important piece in this one is energy management, right? Don't get too excited, stay calm, keep hitting him with things and the finish will come over time, right? That's part of like getting your UFC experience under you too, you know? Like how many fights does Chidi have in the UFC? Uh, I know he has a few, but I feel like, you know, that Rodriguez one is a good example of you're not always going to get guys out of there. So this is his, this will be his fourth fight in the UFC, right? And uh, by the way, 22 wins, 14 of them are knockouts. So this guy's very, he, he definitely has power. You can tell when he's, when he's throwing things that it's all very technical. It's straight down the pipe. I think he's going to have a lot of advantages over Dariyev on the feet. That's not to say that Dariyev, right? can't get things going. I think that Dariyev has a good chance to land every so often in this fight, but he has to be mixing in level changes and constantly be willing to make Chidi think about the threat of the takedown. If he doesn't and it becomes a kickboxing match, right, where Chidi's able to hold the range, I think he has a clear advantage in this fight on the feet. So for Dariyev, the key, I think, is going to be pressuring Injukani backwards, right, keeping him on his back foot, trying to get him up against the cage, and then understanding because this is the thing too chidi is very good in the clinch so you got to understand that your first takedown attempt up against the cage might not work your second might not work your third might not work but you got to keep hunting it and pressuring it until you find success once a lot of the times what happens and this is like this is why standing up there's like a point right that you can tell where a guy is going to have a really hard time getting back to his feet like when the fight initially goes to the ground, and this is what Leon Edwards actually did last weekend. He did such a great job of against Usman. When it gets to the ground, you need to immediately start building your frames and starting to get back to your feet. Once your opponent passes into something like side control, right, and he has a clear 
advantage and his ability to pin you and just hold you down and land ground and pound, right? That's when gravity's really on your side. Man, you see a lot of guys get fucked. And this is something Volkanovski did a great job against Islam, right? He'd never let things go for too long. And when he did, when it passed that certain point that I was talking about, it becomes much harder to get up. Like once you get stuck in a certain position, especially if your opponent can pass your hips, right? Or if you start accepting guard too much, like if you just keep your legs closed and the person's getting off ground and pound, that's not good for you. It's not bad to play guard, but you have to, we're going to talk about this in the next fight too. You have to threaten with submissions or something if you're going to be in guard and use that as an opportunity to get feet to the hips or wrestle back up to your feet. That's what you have to do on the ground if you're not throwing up legitimate. And your submission attempt should be legitimate from the back, right? Anyway, my point is just that it's going, like, I think once Darayev, if he, his path to victory is, I think, up against the cage, if he can find that first takedown and just make it a little bit difficult, right? Make Chidi go through some barriers, you know? I think it could start going in Darayev's direction because I think that Chidi's grappling experience off of his back is not going to be good enough once he goes down to like keep that from recurring repeatedly. There's also something mentally that happens once you take your opponent down and it gets easier to be taken down again generally, especially if you can't get right back up to your feet again immediately. So I think Chidi is going, if, if it goes in this direction, I think Chidi is going to do a very good job of initially stuffing the takedowns, working in the clinch and getting elbows. I worry about what happens when Dariah finally gets the fight to the ground. I worry about Chidi's ability to retain guard and keep Dariah from advancing into, um, you know, advantageous positions. So I, you gotta, you, man, it's like, can Dariah get it to the ground? If so, I think that there's going to be a real chance that he gives Chidi some problems and advances into positions. I think Chidi will have a hard time stopping Dariah from getting to positions like mount or, you know, stuff like that. So for Chidi, the the goal, the goal becomes keep it on the feet, keep circling, keep my back off the cage, keep the jab in his face, hold the range and stuff takedown attempts, right? Obviously, I mean, it's, it sounds so obvious when you talk about it, but there are obviously a bunch of nuances and complexities that he has to be aware of. Like if he does get pinned against the cage, he needs to get frames immediately and start to circle off, disengaging it back to the center, right? Like there's a whole bunch of small details that he has to do to accomplish those goals, obviously, but GD needs to keep it on the feet, keep his back off the cage. And I think Dariah really has to be pressuring and probably throwing some big shots maybe and taking some risks again to get GD on the back foot. So let's move on. Next fight is a flyweight bout. And this is one of the most intriguing fights on the card. I personally thought this one should have been like, if you just look at, I think this should be like your co-main event in terms of skill that we're going to see on display and interesting, like intrigue of matchup. I think this is a co-main. This tomorrow. Am I, am I being just like completely unfair and saying that I'm not so interested in Holly Holm versus Yana Santos, formerly Yana Kunitskaya? Like, is it, is it so bad that I'm set? Like, it just doesn't feel like Holly Holm is going to make a, a, a run at 135 and hold the title there again. Like, she's 40 years old. She's 41 now, actually. Yana Kunitskaya, um, Yana Santos, I got to get used to saying that. Um, Yana Santos is like 33. She has an eight year, but like, I'm not, I'm just not as excited about that fight as I am for this one. Manel Kopp versus Alex Perez is a great fucking matchup. Manel Kopp, I think, has some of the best striking in the flyweight division. I think his hands are super smooth. He's going to have a big speed advantage in that department. But something that 
I feel like the odds makers are not considering. I mean, you got Perez right now if you go to DraftKings. Perez is sitting at a plus 165. It literally just live updated from plus 170 to plus 165. So it's fluctuating a little bit, but he's still a dog in this one. And I feel like part of the problem is that Perez has been finished on the ground in a couple of his fights, right? Like, or in wrestling exchanges, rather. Like, Pantojo was able to finish him. Figueredo guillotined him, you know. And I think, though, that you look at those two guys, man, those are some high-level submission experts. And, you know, with Manel Kopp, what fight was it that he got taken down? Uh, and he used, uh, he used, like, a Kimura, basically, to get back, like, eventually work his way back to his feet. And this, uh, was it Dvorak? Yeah, I think, I think it was Dvorak. Yeah. Anyway, you know, you've got Kopp, oh, his, also his flying knee, KO over Ode Osborne. I mean, knocked out Jogas. Yeah, man. Uh, Manel Cop's a bad motherfucker. Really good striking. But we've seen him get taken down in fights before. And granted, like I said, he, does, he has used like the submission threat in the Kimura to get back to his feet. But man, I don't know if he's really gone against somebody like with the wrestling ability of Alex Perez. And another thing is, man, like Cop's going to have an advantage on the feet, but Perez can box. Like, if Perez can start pressuring Cop and get the takedown and hold him down for an entire round, that's going to be discouraging. And I think Perez has the wrestling to do so. And another thing, man, like I said, I just think that people are looking at how good Cop has looked, and rightfully so. I mean, he's brilliant on the feet. Like, he's, he's got really good movement, really good hand speed. You know, he's incredible. But, man, ugh, ugh. Alex Perez, I think Perez is fucking getting slept on in this fight. I think I'm going with Perez. I think Cop could absolutely win this fight. Like, I think Manel, like I said, is one of the most talented strikers. If he goes out there and starts stinging Perez with stuff, you know, and he can be ready for those takedown attempts, I think he's, he can fuck Perez up. Like, don't get me wrong. Manel Cop has a chance in this. I just think that Perez's wrestling is really good and his most, Two most recent losses are tough losses against really talented guys. And I, if you look at the way that Pantoja finished him, I mean, it was impressive, man. Like, that's not low-level jiu-jitsu that got Perez out of there. And same with Davis and Figueredo, you know? So I think Perez is going to be able to go out there, box his way into takedowns, meaning he'll use his hands to get things up, set things up and get level changing underneath, right? And We've seen Cop get taken down. And granted, like I said, we've also seen him get back to his feet. He's obviously talented with his jujitsu, and he uses submission threats to get back up. That's all good, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to get those things on Perez. If so, if so, if he is able to do that and get back to his feet, then he's, I think he's going to have a, a, a relatively easy time on the feet. If Cop can negate the takedown attempts, right, get to underhooks and stuff like that, be pre and sting. Perez on his way in, right, and kind of keep that pressure off of him a little bit. Cop has a great chance to win. This is, it's not that I don't, it's not, I don't even, it's not that I don't think Cop should be the favorite. Like, if I'm looking at this fight, I can understand why you would make him the favorite. But for me, man, especially with Perez sitting at plus 170, I really like betting on Perez for this one, and I think Perez has a good chance to win. I'm, I actually think I'm going to go with Perez based on his experience against high-level guys. He's taken a little bit of time off, right, to get him, I think, to get his probably, like, shit together. He hasn't fought since July 2022, you know. Cop has been a little bit more active. Eh, kind of. I mean, he did fight in 
2022 of Dece- December, so just a few months ago. But before that, not since 2021. So I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. I like Perez in this one, though, I think. Tough fight. Tough fight. I can understand why Cop would be the favorite. I just don't think he should be such a big favorite. And I think Perez is just going to be able to go out there and get the takedowns. Okay, next fight, Macy Barber versus Andrea Lee. This is another one, guys, where I'm looking at the odds, and I got to be honest, I'm not, I'm not sure where they're coming from. I'm not sure if you're just looking at Andrea Lee's record in general, you know, or you're looking at Macy Barber and, like, maybe how she does in the clinch. But, man, Andrea Lee is dangerous on the feet, and it's not like she has no jujitsu. And, again, she's a plus 225. I mean, I understand Macy being the favorite. Again, if you think she's going to go out there and kind of like be able to just put it on Andrea Lee, get her up against the cage, maybe take her down and just dominate in those areas, maybe. But man, Andrea Lee is sharp on the feet. And when she starts getting going, like when she accrues a little bit of momentum, it doesn't stop. It kind of starts to snowball, you know? Like I think there's sometimes like, I think she, when she fought, who was it, Eruzhao? The head kick she hit her with was so clean, and she dropped her, I think with a jab maybe or a left hook. I can't remember, but she dropped her, and then on her way up hit her with a head kick. And then, you know, just kind of got controlled in the wrestling exchanges throughout two and th- rounds two and three. But I don't know if Macy Barber is going to be able to get Andrea Lee to the ground. And when they're out in space, man, Andrea Lee can kickbox. Uh, again, I can understand maybe Macy being the favorite in this one, but when I was thinking about it, I was like, man, this is probably like an even fight. And no, Andrea Lee is a plus 225 dog. I think she's got a real chance. I think there are moments when Andrea Lee striking looks like some of the best in the women's division. You know, I mean, she's good, man. Things just come straight down the pipe, you know, and I think she's going to have an advantage on the feet over Macy Barber. And I think in the clinch, she's going to be surprising too. She's going to be working for her knees, doing the things that she needs to do to separate. I think she'll be hard to take down. And even if Macy does get her down, I think she's going to pose problem. I think the fight is just going to be hard for Macy everywhere, no matter where it goes. And when they're in space, I think Andrea Lee has those like kind of like stiff punches that sting you. And I think when she starts stinging Macy, man, I just, I don't know. I just, this is tough, but I... It's a hard fight to call. Like, I could see Macy going out and controlling those situations, just being vicious in the clinch, you know, trying to work for takedowns and stuff. But I just have this feeling that Lee's going to, like, take it to her on the feet and set the tone. And it's going to be harder than Macy thinks in those situations to do what she wants to do against Andrea Lee. Andrea Lee's fucking tough, man. She's good. I think she's talented. And I think she's going to learn a lot from her last fight and getting taken down in those spots. So that'll definitely be a part of her game that she's probably focused on. So we'll see. She's also someone who I think looks like, despite her most recent outing against Eruja, uh, I really think that she's somebody who, like I said, when she's on, she looks brilliant sometimes. And, uh, you know, she's had some tough losses throughout her career to like Mata Ferry, Murphy, Joanne Wood, but Eruja, obviously. But man, if she can get her hands going against Macy, I think it's going to give her problems. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Nate Landwehr versus Austin Lingo. This is, this is what I mean with the event order. I think this is in the right spot. And then I think Holmes should be bumped down and Perez and Cop should be the co-main, but I digress. Landwehr versus Austin Lingo is a great fight because both of these guys like to come out and fight, meaning they bring it to you, right? They keep the pressure on and Landwehr and his ability to just endure punishment. I mean, in that, uh, Fight against, uh, my God, I'm, I'm struggling with the matchups. Uh, Nightland, where? 
Let me see. I got I to gotta get the name right. Sorry, guys. Uh, David Onama. In that fight, man, I mean, I thought he was knocked out in the first round and then he bounced back and he just keeps coming and he's so entertaining. He engages the crowd. Man, this is a great matchup. And Austin Lingo is a guy who just kind of like keeps his foot on the gas pedal, keeps pressuring you, comes at you with a kind of simplistic game plan, but it's effective, right? He's just kind of boxing, leg kicking his way in. Man, I think that Landweir, though, when you look at him, he's actually very technically talented. Like when he... His fights have been wars, and he's eaten some big shots, and like he does get hit, right? Which could be a problem against Lingo, who's a guy who's going to pressure forward and probably capitalize on that if he does sting you and use it to maybe get you to the ground. But I think Landwehr, if you look at how he framed off of Onama and stuff in that fight when they were in the clinch, the way he would land his elbows, man, he's violent, but he's technically violent. I really like his style. I really like him in this matchup. I just think that he's more technically competent than Austin Lingo. And yeah, they both have this like brawling style, but man, Nate's good. Nate's good. Sometimes that technique gets overshadowed by the fact that you're just out there in a war, but the stuff that he does, I'm not saying he's a little defensively irresponsible at times, right? I feel like that's a, that happens. Like, okay, yes, you can pick that flaw out in his game, but in terms of how he implements his offense and his techniques and stuff, and especially how he deals with getting into clinch situations when guys are initiating the takedown and he's up against the cage, like when he gets into those spots, man, he's really good at landing elbows. He disengages. He hits people off the break he's really good there it's like he gets into dirty fights but they're technical dirty fights man like if you look at the thing i'm telling you watch him and it's like damn this kid has some fucking skills i think he's just a more skillful skillful fighter than austin lingo i think austin lingo is going to have less tools in the toolbox overall less variety less angles on a strike i think i think landwehr has a lot of different angles that he throws from that makes things a little bit complicated too uh, he's willing to go to the body consistently. And not that Lingo isn't, but Nan, I feel like Landweir just like naturally mixes all these things together a little bit more well than Lingo does at this point in his career. Landweir's 16 and 4 too, man. Like he's got 20 fights compared to Lingo's 10. That's a big difference in experience. And, you know, I think Landweir is a decent favorite in this one. Yeah, he's at minus 200. I think the odds are probably just about right on this one, right? I'm, uh, you could throw a little money down on Lingo if you think, but... I really think that Landwehr is just a, despite his style, is a more technically sound fighter. All right, our co-main event, Holly Holm versus Yana Santos, formerly Yana Kunitskaya. I was fucking struggling to find her on the, uh, on the ESPN app when I was trying to look up the fights, and I was like, ah, Kunitskaya, yeah. I think she married Tiago Santos, if I'm not mistaken, so that's why the last name changed. Anyway, this is, you know, I'm going to come off like, rude and I hate to be disrespectful in this way about like fighters and stuff but man Holly Holm is she's a big name yes but like I'm not that excited about this matchup man I just don't think that Holm is going to go on a real like title run she's 41 years old Santos is 33 Santos is a significant under uh, some of the odds in this don't really make sense to me Santos is a plus 205 underdog she's eight years younger than Holly Holm Holly Holm, though, is kind of adopt, and this is the other thing, too, I think, why I'm not excited. Holly looks significantly slower on the feet, right? And I think that her timing and stuff is just a little bit off. Her ability to make reads get out of the way of things is a little bit off. I think that Santos is just going to look cleaner there. But Holly's adopted this style, man, where she just kind of, like, pins you up against the cage, and that's where we're at for the fight. 
Like, if I can just hold you here, I don't even care if I get the takedown. I'm just crushing you. This is going to be if Holly Holm wins. And my it'll probably be a boring fight. I think Santos is going to win, though. I think Santos is going to know those problems are coming. You know Holly's style now. You're younger. you got to be able to just, like, keep her off of you and keep things at a distance. There's going to come a point where Holly's going to really struggle to keep up with these girls. And when is it? I'm just betting on the fact that it's probably now, you know? Like, this is probably a fight where Santos might not even be more skilled than Holly, but she's younger, and I think that starts to matter at some point. I got Santos in this fight, and guys, I hate to sound like a bummer. I hate to sound like a, like, a drag. I just I can't get that excited for this one. I don't think it'll be an exciting fight. I think Holm will just pin her up against the cage, and that'll be, ever, that'll be Holly's whole entire goal. Let me just hold her up against the cage and like work some like knees and baby punches in for the entire round. If she's doing nothing, I'm winning. That's, I think, kind of the mentality she's adopted. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just feel like that's how it plays out if Holly wins. If Yana wins, she's able to negate those things. She comes prepared, and the fight kind of stays in the center where she'll be a little bit quicker and a little bit faster, despite maybe not even being as technically sound in terms of just watching how the technique is displayed. But I just think the speed gap's going to be too big, and I like bet in, in age gaps like this, I really like taking the younger fighter, especially when I'm betting. So for plus 205 on Yana Santos, hard to pass up. Anyway, finally, we've reached the main event. And like I said, Bantamweight is fucking stacked right now. Probably the most stacked division in all of MMA. And these are two of the top contenders in that division. Corey Sandhagen versus Marlon Chido Vera. Fucking great matchup. And kind of two different styles. And I, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, energy management and... It's going to be important here because Vera kind of has this style where his hands are just up and he's just kind of consistently marching you down, right? Throwing somewhat, he's going to have more basic techniques than Sandhagen, but that doesn't mean that they're not effective. Vera's very good with his footwork. Like I said, he can pressure. He, he just holds a consistent pace throughout the entire fight. And I think that's why against, even though it's a little bit older, guys like Cruz, you see him pick up these finishes a little bit later in the fight because he holds true to his style. And, you know, you've heard Corey kind of criticize that, but I actually think it's a strength of Vera. And granted, it's like kind of the combination of these two things too. Like Piotr Jan is a little bit of a slow starter, but Corey, I think, started a little bit too fast in that fight. And as his volume slowed down, Jan started to pick up and that's what cost him the fight. So if Vera's energy stays consistent, you could see him start to take over in the fourth and fifth rounds. And the thing is, Corey uses a lot of movement in his fight. He's trying to pull you in and out of things. He uses some lateral movement. He'll try to, like I said, he'll try to get you moving into flying knees. He works his boxing. He'll throw takedown attempts in too. I like that letter that we saw in the Song Yidong fight. Like, show that that's there. He has really good jiu-jitsu. I mean, one thing that Corey does consistently, though, that does make me a little nervous, he is he exposes his back when he gets into grappling situations and he does it when he throws spinning stuff. But you don't want to take that away because that's part of what makes him so creative on the feet. I mean, look at how he finished Marias. So, you know, it's just finding good times to throw those things and making sure that it's safe and that you're not creating situations where Cheeto can get to your back. So, good matchup. I think Vera's a little bit underrated on the ground as well. I think he's dangerous everywhere. I think we could see some really cool grappling transitions play out in this one. Overall, though, I think Sandhagen has a slight edge on the ground. But I got Sandhagen in this fight. I think the real, like we said, I think the difference between Corey Sandhagen being a world champion right now and not being a world champion is just like 
energy and pacing and kind of management, right? I think if he can disperse his energy a little bit more evenly over the five rounds, I think he's just going to outpoint Vera. I think he's going to have more volume. I think he's more creative with his techniques. He'll be a little bit more flashy. I think he'll create more openings and opportunities, right? What he has to be careful of is getting into that second round and Findings also, you got to be careful. Like, you can get tricked into finding so much success against Vera that you're throwing a lot of stuff if you're landing more. Because Sandhagen throws a lot and he's accurate. So I think he is going to be touching Vera. But again, Vera's just going to hold a consistent pace and keep marching, keep throwing those front kicks that he's so great with. Keep boxing, right? Just keeping that pace, just holding it the entire time. It'll be steady whether he's getting hit or not. Sandhagen has to be careful if he starts touching Vera early. Not to get too wound up in that and not to get too excited about that, right? Like and to use load management because if you start outputting too much in rounds one and two, Vera could start taking over in three, four, and five because, yeah, you're hitting him and finding success, but he's just still coming. He's just still coming, right? He's just still coming here. So for Sandhagen, I think load management is super important. If he disperses, like if everything is evenly out over the five rounds or – to the best of his like ability, even to get the like, if you can get to four and disperse all your energy, you know, like throughout those rounds. I'm not even using that word, right? Probably fucking not. But anyway, it's just got to be even, right? You don't want to output too much energy, burn yourself out, and let Vera take over. That's, I think, what this whole fight kind of boils down to. I think if Sandhagen is cool, calm, and collected, he's better on the feet. He has more variety on the feet. He's going to mix things up more naturally, right? He's going to go for a little bit more explosive techniques. I just think he's going to be able to find and create openings at a much higher frequency than Vera is. But if he burns himself out, Vera is going to start to take over. And that's when that consistency and those fundamentals and that little bit less flashy, like having a little less in the toolbox, that's when everything starts to come into play. And that's when things matter, right? So those things that Vera does all the time and that consistency could start to pay off in late rounds. Overall, though, I got Sandhagen in this one. I think he's like a minus 155 on DraftKings right now, so I'm going to place a little money on him too. But that's going to wrap this one up, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, If you guys enjoy the content, do me a favor, subscribe, give it a thumbs up, all that good shit that we have to ask you to do, right? And then let me know what you guys think of the matchups down in the comments, right? Let me know who you think is going to win. Yeah, thank you guys again for tuning in. Much appreciated. Bye-bye.